You now are listening to the audio podcast of Prisoners of Hope, the antidote to what ails your heart. I'm your host, Dr. Deborah Witsis. So come on in, pull up a chair, and open up your mind as you get ready to receive the download that hope will bring. Well, good day. It's Dr. D. Today, um, I want to talk about something that I experienced. It was a solidification of the Holy Spirit's download for today's episode. While I was at Sam's Club, I witnessed what happens when you don't elevate your focus. I was watching this man who was trying to park in in a horizontal um, handicapped space. And he was looking down at the cart guy, you know, the guy who pushes the carts. And he ran into a three-foot pole, scraping and denting the side of his Suburban. <laughs> this, po- this pole left a big, huge yellow mark on the side because this is a three-foot yellow pole. You see, he needed to elevate his focus. I thought to myself, Look up, look up. You know how you shout, talk to yourself, no one can hear hear the car. Look up, look up. In fact, witnessing this event, like I started, solidified the Holy Spirit's download for today's episode, which is elevate your focus. When I think of the passage in the Bible about looking up, I go to the psalmist, and this is the 123rd Psalm. Verse 1, it's the GNT version, which is the Good News Translation. It says, look up, Lord, I look up to you, up to the heaven where you rule. I look up to you, up to the heaven where you rule. So today we're going to talk about elevating your focus, making your focus more than what it was yesterday, and yet not as much as it's going to be tomorrow. So today we're going to talk about that. Well, the word elevate means to rise and to lift up, to lift up some one, some situation, something to a higher position. You bring it up. You know, they say high tide raises all boats. You bring it up. You bring the situation up, the people around the situation up with you to bring up. When you elevate your gaze, you bring hope into your life. When you look up, you gaze into the realms of possibilities. When you focus downward, like the guy in the Sam's Club parking lot, you run into things that go boom in the night, in your faith, in your life, in your generation. When you cast downward, 
you recant your past failures and mistakes. Try it sometimes when you get in that place. Raise your head up. Look up. Possibilities, the future. When you cast your head down, you start thinking about all the things that happened in the past, which is a cancel check. You can't do anything about it. The word focus basically means is the center of your interests. Your interests are your activity. What do you focus on? What do you pay particular focus to? What do you focus on? You pay particular attention to in your life. <laughs> if you're on the YouTube channel, there's a cartoon that came up. And the cartoon pictures a receptionist. And it looks like a psychologist, a psychiatrist that's just come out of the office. And this is what the receptionist says to the psychiatrist. It's only him and her in that situation. She says, he said he wanted to consult you about his attention span problem. And then he wandered off. <laughs> attention span. So we're talking about what is your attention span? How do you focus? What do you focus on? If you go to Proverbs, it says, focus your eyes straight ahead. Keep your gaze on what is in front of you. Now, if you know anything about the book of Proverbs, that's the book of wisdom. And that's Proverbs 4.25. And let me give you a little context of this verse. Because it basically means watch your step. By telling his son first to look Right on, look right on. You're looking at, pay attention to your attention. <laughs> okay. Solomon was telling his son to use his mental eyesight to find that which was right in his life. He wasn't to just have eyes and open to everything and anything. He was to focus. That's what it means. That's what that passage means. Now, the word focus has two parts. There's the mental part, the thought that you have. And then there's the physical part, the action that you do. Just imagine a little boy. <laughs> He's in class and there's a cute little girl that sits in front of him. And he looks at her hair. She has always has it in braids. And he's thought about pulling her hair for the longest time. And sometimes the thought, ran through his mind to reach out. And sometimes he practiced reaching out for Susie's hair, okay? But when he actually pulls her hair, if you're on the YouTube channel, you see a little boy pulling a girl's hair. That's when it becomes the physical activity. So we're going to talk about each of these individually. So now we're going to focus on still your focus, but we're looking at the mental side. The mental side takes place on the inside. You know, the thoughts are kind of like an iceberg. You have your surface thoughts on top, your surface desires, your surface beliefs. But beneath the water level are the deep-seated thoughts and beliefs. Um, psychologists call it, those are your latent thoughts. 
This is what you have hidden. This is sometimes you don't even know that's there. And God, he looks at the heart on the inside. You know, people look outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. This is First Samuel 16, verse 7, the NIV version. It basically says that people look on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. You know, this is why David was selected over his more uh, older, wiser, experienced, devonier, bigger, more muscular brothers, because God, through the prophet, was looking at the heart. He looked at the heart. And David was a man, come on, say it together, after God's own heart. Now, this is real funny. <laughs> um, this is about my sister. And no, I did not have permission to share it. My birthright as older sister gives me the right. <laughs> we were We were talking about complaining. And she said she heard a sermon on complaining. And she said she thought to herself, I hardly ever voice any complaints. <laughs> she said then the Holy Spirit came back with this in her heart. The Holy Spirit asked, what about in here? She said that her next thought was, oh, come on. <laughs> she was using a complaint when she exclaimed, oh, come on. In my heart, Lord, being her older sister, <laughs> I was quick to point out that her response to the Holy Spirit was dripping with the stench of a complaint. So God looks at our thoughts. Your thoughts. Think about what you're thinking about. You know, Dr. Joyce Byers always says this. Try it. What, what what does that mean? Think about what you're thinking about. Try it when you're in that place. You know that place when you're disappointed, when you're hurt, when you're lonely, when you're broke, when you're discouraged. When you're in that place, think about where your thoughts are focused. We're talking about the mental part of focus. Where are you focused? Where are you? Focus on the focus of your thoughts. Where, where are you? Paul says that we need to focus and dwell. Think about on the good and honorable things in the world. As opposed to the lies that Satan tries to weave into our hearts, our mind, into the world. You know, Paul's suggestion was ordained, and so God would not suggest something that we can't do, which means there are good and honorable thoughts in the world, and we are to focus on those things. That's how you are to focus your thoughts. Being clearer, where should you focus them? You should think on things that are excellent and worthy of praise. This is Philippians 4.8. In a minute, I'll go through the whole verse, but that's what you are to think on. What types of thoughts will produce a positive, hopeful outcome? What types of thoughts will give me a life full of hope? Remember, the title of this podcast is Prisoners of Hope. 
I always get back to that point. What will produce more hope? I'm glad you asked. This comes again back to Philippians 4 8. So, what type of thoughts should they be? They should be true thoughts, they should be noble, they should be right, they should be pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. Think about such things. Those are the type of thoughts that we should think about. You know, I've heard Dr. Dr. Ruth Heflin, she wasn't a doctor, that was my mom, and Joyce Myers say this. I'm trying to remember how it was said. My mother would always say, before you talk, is what you're going to say, is it correct or is it true? Ask yourself, is it correct or is it true? Is it pure? It's almost like they both read this. Is it correct? Is it true? True? Correct or true, the same thing? Is it pure? And what <laughs> my mom, and I, I think I heard Joyce Myers say too, this last one was, is it necessary? Wow. Is it correct? Is it pure? Is it necessary? And if you can't answer t- yet, yes to all three, then you keep thy mouth shut. <laughs> wow. How much problems would disobeying that keep us out of? Just answer to yourself. It's rhetorical. You don't have to raise your hand. How much trouble would that keep you from to obey those rules? Thoughts produce their own kind. We're still on the mental part of focus because remember the iceberg is bigger underneath the water. So we're going to spend more time on that. And then we'll go to physical right after that. Thoughts produce their own kind. What does that mean? When you plant an apple seed, you yield apples. (laughs) When you plant apple seeds, you don't get turnips or watermelon. You get apples. How many apples in one seed? Boy, that means you might plant a little and reap a huge harvest compared to what you've planted. What you put into the world, in other words, you're going to get back. This means you want to think on things that are praiseworthy and excellent, as Paul wrote in Philippians 4.8. And if you think on these things, you'll yield an excellent and noble crop. In other words, if you put positive into the world, you'll get positive back. Conversely, also, if you put negative into the world, you're going to get negative back. You know, this correlation is very easy to understand. Positive for positive, negative for negative. But what happens when you put out positive, but you get negative back? Well, first of all, I want you to understand, and I am preaching to the choir, that is not a tit, tick for tack phenomenon. The spiritual world doesn't necessarily function on a linear chronological plane. You do good and you instantly get good back. Sometimes it takes a while to dig your well. And then it seems all of a sudden you yield a positive crop. 
Or what happens if you put out negative? You see people putting out negative and they never seem to get punished. They put out negative, but the world has given them the best it seems to offer. First of all, I want to say Satan is the prince of the world, of the air. Do you get that? And matter of fact, the Bible says, do not store your treasures on this side where thieves and moths can destroy it. But up in heaven, this imbalance occurs, you know, where you put out positive and get negative or you're negative, you get uh, positive because we live in a fallen and broken world. That is no longer perfect like it was in the garden. Well, what do you say about this off-world balance? You're tired of watching people getting by with it? Or you're tired of giving good and getting crap back? Well, the Bible uh, talks about that. It says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. That's Roman 12, 19 NIV version. Now, notice he said, I will take avenge. I shall repay. He didn't say that you. He didn't say that Deborah, me. He didn't say that we could watch. <laughs> but wouldn't be nice if it added another verse. Let's say Romans uh, 12, 19 and a half, and Deborah shall be able to watch or insert your name. But that doesn't what it says. See, because on the inside, see, God knows, see, on the inside, if you try to be full of revenge, it destroys your hope on the inside. And remember that mental activity of your focus is very, very important. It downgrades. It makes your mental activity deficient when you're full of revenge. Well, we come to the end of this part of our journey. The next time we will be looking at the physical portion of our focus. I would like to say God bless you and keep hope in your heart. Until next time, signing off. Dr. D. My hope is that this journey has been fruitful and you're able to take it and apply it to your life. Until next time, tune in again for the Prisoners of Hope podcast. God bless.